Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. I'm Mark Stenson, your co-host, and here's Kirsten Gouldy. Hello, everyone. Kirsten, here we are at episode number 49. We're putting an exclamation point up, Can you believe our it? first year. <laughs> so we're, we're so pleased to end our first season with our guest, Julian Roberts. Julian, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having us, uh, Mark and Kirsten. Um, it's wonderful to be your last in your season one. That's what, that's what I'm <laughs> to, yeah, to end. I uh, feel very welcomed and very uh, pleased to be here. Thank you. appreciate you standing in for a punctuation mark today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Welcome to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Oh, and I, you know, I think back to when you and I were sitting in the coffee shop when that was a thing, and we were just, you know, talking and saying, you know, what if we had this leadership podcast and we went for it, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about IntelliKey and reaching your highest potential and how people do that. And let's just go for it. And I mean, I just, I'm blown away by the guests we've had mm-hmm. and where we're at 49 episodes later. And literally turning on the microphone, sending out some uh, Zoom invitations. And we've just had some wonderful, wonderful guests and conversations. And you know, we were commenting that maybe in a normal world, we wouldn't have reached as far out as we did. So it was good we expanded our radius. That's right. That's right. And you know what's been beautiful? I believe all of those conversations were so necessary, are necessary, because we are moving into a new way of doing things, a new paradigm that we talk about so often on our program. And all of these are leaders within their respective areas and are giving really good guidance for our listeners on how to achieve their own personal potential but do it differently. So we're not stuck in where we've been. We have a really the beauty of a new world coming. It's time to hit the restart button. So we're we're so pleased to end our first season with our guest, Julian Roberts. Julian is the perfect way to end this season because our title of IntelliKey Leadership, uh, Julian is a coach and a guide and a confidant to leaders about leadership. And I think as we uh, get into our conversation with Julian, we, we want to hear about, yes, organizational effectiveness, leadership development. This is on the company side of things. And we've had many guests say, look, you know, we can build companies and we can build processes and procedures. But what about building the people? And what about letting the people blossom? And Julian, I, I'm really curious in your consulting practice, what do you see to compare and contrast, you know, meeting the company's goals and objectives and potential? vis-a-vis the individual's potential? I think they can be really aligned. And, you know, we we often say this word of, you know, our greatest assets are our people. Although I don't believe a lot of companies believe that themselves or even put it into a behavior. But in reality, they are. And I think it's often forgotten that actually, if you train your people, invest in your people, they will become your greatest assets. You know, they'll talk about you socially, they'll post about you socially and they'll be your greatest advocates and can do amazing things for us apart from us what their job they're doing uh, amongst with their clients customers and everything else so i think the people side of things are really important so in any uh, situation where you're trying to build a business um, if you fail to invest and fail to uh, acknowledge people 
long-term and in a sustainable position, you will end up being it'd be detriment to your, your business. And there's some research where, you know, the impact of whether it's coaching or the training has actually had an extraordinary impact on the bottom line. Some research that was done where they, they, they monitored a number of companies, Fortune 500 companies, and they looked at the sort of aspects of coaching predominantly, really, and the impact of that intervention within those companies. And then they looked, they tracked the, the sort of the bottom line, the numbers, the, the things that people, the Wall Streets and sort of like. Um, and actually, the ones who had got coaching and started to develop their people actually created financially better returns as well. So there is some real genuine data out there that actually will create a positive impact on your financial as well as your people so that that's why i think you know it's important to to really invest in that in those people and to drive that potential because as you drive the potential in those people you will drive that potential in the company as well i mean it's 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 that opportunity where you know if you empower people you know a lot of organizations are getting far more into empowering them people and if you create an environment where people feel valued and they can contribute and they can really say what they want to say in a very safe psychologically safe environment then you will end up getting incredible ideas innovations people going beyond the call of duty far more than they would do they've just been told what to do or it's they can't share things so in that environment, if you're employing somebody, actually you're going to get far more out of them. And it's so much better for the company because you've got all these people who can then contribute to your overall mission and ultimately grow your profits, which I know organizations, that's not their sole purpose, but it's a result of their, their purpose or mission. You know, and I guess to be provocative and look at it from the other angle, though, I totally agree from an executive and, you know, it pays to, for the board to invest in their people. But I'm curious, Julian, you you work with individuals. Kirsten, I'd be curious at your experience in talking to these up and coming leaders. Does anybody say, boy, I feel like a great asset to the company and I wish I could become a greater asset to the company? Or does a person say, I'm a person, working at a company, not a company employee having a personal life. You know, wh- where does that balance come in? Or, or do we need to turn it inside out? I found myself yeah. rambling in that question. I hope- uh, No, no, no. I, 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 there was I, a I, lot in there, Mark. There was a lot in there. <laughs> Kirsten's over there. Preach, Mark. Preach. Uh, uh, talk it, brother. Talk it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think people feel- Come up with that expression, oh, I feel a great asset. I don't think that's a thing that people will probably say. However, we often go on a lot of feelings. And if you feel valued and you feel you can make a contribution and therefore make an impact, that's ultimately what we're trying to get to. So we're getting people to a place where they're saying, do you know what? I feel really valued here. I really like working here. And I know I can make a difference. They're paying me X amount of money a month, but I can make an impact by my decisions, by my actions, by my behaviors with my peers, as well as my clients. And I think that's the sort of the great asset thing. But 
it's not seen as an act. That's probably more of a senior leader sort of expression. How do we make our people that are our greatest assets? It's, I think it's that sense of feeling and then people actually putting into action their behaviors changing because of that. Mm-hmm. Oh. So Julian, I'd like to explore that a little bit because I really am passionate about our young leaders, mainly because they don't have the mindset of my age group. <laughs> my age group and older is they really have a limited perspective. So trying to shift a paradigm there is like sometimes pulling a 10-ton truck forward. Whereas the young, really, I I mean, I just, and I'm, I'm younger than millennials even, their mindset is just so brilliant. They want to be contributors. They want to have an impact. They want to be an asset. They are lit up because what they want is their fullest, wholest self to be illuminated and expressed, and they'll accept nothing less than that. They'll walk away from really high paying jobs if they are not an asset, if they're not, this is the service oriented generation Mm. where it's about the we, not the I, where my generation is the I, 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 and me more I. And if you can help me, I'll make you an asset and call you an asset. Mm. But I don't really think that because you're still driving my bottom line. Are you finding that with the younger people? And how are you working with the older people? You know, I'm going to be, what am I going to be? 52 here next month. And I just, my generation disheartens me 90% of the time. What are your thoughts there? Because I really love our youth. They're different. And I agree. And I, I love the the hunger in the youth. And I love that sense of um they'll have a go and and they want to become and, and they're, they're quite important the whole social side of things is important to them that social being part of a, a social group i guess in a work context is bigger than just i work for whatever uh, google is these are my sort of friends and it becomes more of a, a social aspect and it and work and and life and personal becomes a little bit more fluid i guess for them uh, i think and i mean i'm in your generation i'm 50 so um, I'm, I'm with you on that that we've been very much you know you build your career it's all about me and then we have work at home and we work to do this thing called work-life balance which feels like something's got to suffer with that word balance mm-hmm. but it's, it's almost like a tipping it's almost and it's, it's more holistic than that really uh, unfortunately i think the older ones the ones i coach I guess by nature of the fact they're asking me to coach them are a lot more progressive and a lot more open to the idea of change because they're going through a process with me where they're going to be challenged and and in terms of how they're doing things, why they're doing things in the context of their workplace and their leadership in some ways can be turned upside down. I mean, I had a, a recent executive who was, he had this mindset, and it, we all have this in some ways, where everything was in three, five years' time. I'd just grown up with this sort of planning idea, three years, five years, which is there's nothing wrong with planning three, five years. The fact that you can't really plan a lot that for the moment, really. <laughs> um, and he kept going, oh, well, I'll do it in three years. And he kept, and, I, and I was thinking, and I said, well, why can't you just do it now? And he, he literally looked at me as almost like he almost fell off his chair, and he went, well, well, and he had he had no reason why. And he said, "Well, I I, I can do it now." And then. I said, well, "Okay, well, do it. just get on with it then." And it it just made a shift that he'd gone away from this old way of thinking, 
And then we, we carried on at a few sessions later. And then he, he came up with this thing, oh, I'll do that in two years. No, 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 no. I'm going to start that in January. I've got the resources. I've got the people. I can start to divest and build my business in a different way. And he just got a bit more onto it. I suppose I engage people who are a bit more open to that. I know there's a lot of people out there of my age, and I can say this because I am that age, and who are a little bit stuck in their ways. And they do the you know tokenism of the diversity and inclusion bits, and it's not really fundamentally changing the biases within the organization and creating a real positive change. And unfortunately, people see through that because it's not authentic and they, mm-hmm. they realize it's just, and it's not great for companies and it's not creating integrity. I recently read a report by, um, I think it was, it was Deloitte who uh, had an issue. Just, I hope I'm not going off two piece here, but I just, I just felt it was a relevant thing on, on diversity. No, had, please um, go. I love diversity conversations. <laughs> well, well they, had a, they had an issue a number of years ago, I think it was the early noughties, where they were losing a lot of women from the organization who were, were basically disappearing and not becoming partner. And I think they had like I don't know, 10, 12%. And they, they then introduced a, not just much unbiased training, but more about creating transparency in progression and promotion people in terms of how that was all done. So it was all very transparent. So everybody could see people doing that. And obviously they talked about it and, and educated people. And I think up to 2015, globally, they got to, I think, about 25% of women who were then partners and they've got a goal to get to 40, 45% by the end of 2030, which feels still not very stretching, but they're making strides and they're doing it in a sustainable way. They're doing it in a very uh, full of integrity as well. And it's not just about tokenism. It's genuine. Mm-hmm. We want to try and change some real culture here. And I think there's even a, I don't know if the Deloitte's, there's a, there's a very senior lady who's on the board now, which again has a bigger impact because that creates a real good role model and ensures women feel more positive about coming into that sort of senior positions. So it's not just that tokenism. And I think that's that's changing. Uh, hopefully, we'll ch- continue to change in that way. Well, and both of you are reminding me when you, you talk about some of these shifts, I can almost recall now word for word, some of my early senior mentors saying, well, you know, this is a people business. Our biggest assets leave every day at five and go down the elevator. We are a people business. And I just thought if you turn that inside out and say, yeah, okay, we're a people business, but our biggest assets come up the elevator every day to come to work. Not that they leave work, but they bring their lives to work. Mm -hmm. And I was curious, Julian, if you're encouraging some of your clients that you're consulting with to tell them, bring more of yourself to the job. You know, yep. you want to make an impact, but you know, maybe that might be a little bit outside the lines of your job description, or maybe you have talents, skills, and you know, other attributes that the company doesn't even know about. So come up the elevator with your whole life. You know, are, are people looking for that kind of opportunity? I think so. And I think there's a balance between you know, bringing your whole self, which is, you know, being mindful that, you know, suddenly... You may have somebody who works for you who's not a, a, a leader as such right now, but, you, but you're aware of the like a, I don't know, like a mountain leader or a scout in, mm-hmm. in the context at, at home or something. So they've been leading for, since the age of 15 groups and in trekking and camping and everything else. And I think that's really important. And that's why it's also good to do various 
activities, whether uh, not so much just team building days, but other ways of trying to see what other potential you've got. Because some people you don't always realize until they're in that position. It could be, for example, a stressful situation. You know, when people were all sent home last March, you probably observed some people who actually s- sort of seemed to step up mm. and you probably didn't realize how good they were. And it might be indicative of they're just rising to the challenge and just being taking the opportunity, which is great. Or it could be you're just unaware that from the, the personal life, they do something very similar in a, in a context of volunteering or something like that. Who knows? And that's where I think the full self. And that's why it's important to you know, create those opportunities for, I guess, the social side where you do genuinely get to know people. Because I think it's fascinating when you get to know people's lives and what they do and and one of the achievements they do, because I think that's really important because that starts to add a lot more diversity of just skills and thinking then, doesn't it? You know, they've got this guy who's a scout leader, leads young people up mountains and stuff. Wow, brilliant. You know, bring that in. He's why why is he why is he not getting into some sort of leadership role or mm-hmm. something like that? So yeah, apply I think some of those re- same yeah skills. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're all relevant wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that you brought that up, Julian, because that's the human quotient, and mm-hmm. that's where potential comes from. Is really understand it. That's part of you know x plus y equals is really when you know people when you take time and you know by the way i'm a cfo by trade right now i'm not which i'm very grateful for but you know (laughs) but elaborated transformed (laughs) yeah you've been set free from being a cfo yeah (laughs) yeah she can still read a balance sheet you never lose that You never lose that. But you you can't quantify human potential until you begin measuring ROI and start looking at the KPIs down the road. When you, you talked a lot about culture and also getting to know the human. And I think that's part of this new paradigm that we're moving into. It's not just let's go to work and drive, 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 drive those numbers. And nobody's saying we don't want capitalism to go away. We don't want to lose profitability. That's not what this new paradigm is about. But we are saying not at the cost of, and I love how you're speaking to getting to know each other. There is a human involved. They are are part of this supply chain, right? We just, we had a guest who talked about, you know, what's happening in Japan right now. And he, he kept saying, this is part of the supply chain. If we're not talking to the human, we're, we're missing it. So do you see that in these companies that you work with, these organizations, that the more that the humans get to know each other at a human level? Yeah, I mean, I share some of my, my personal experiences, companies I've worked in who've been far more, I'd say, holistic in how they've engaged their employees. Um, I work for, you will know them, Johnson & Johnson, uh, a very well-known sort of American business, uh, a fantastic business. And... It's interesting, they have a, just going back to the whole people side again, is they have a, a credo and it's an upside down sort of like P&L. They have basically put the, the top of it in terms of priorities is their employees and the bottom bit is profits. And in between that is, I think, customers and, and sort of other stakeholders. People is at the top of the agenda. They have a credo, literally, it's like a literally transcript type of thing. And I remember, and, and every company of Johnson Johnson, they're all individual. So it makes them incredibly, a part of this umbrella, but the individual, it makes them A, individual, and B, very entrepreneurial, 
but very much like a family because they're quite small. They're not very corporates and you don't get lost in this world of, and you feel you can make a difference and make an impact and contribute, all those things. This was over 20 years ago. And they did all sorts of stuff in terms of engaging people, various events and uh, aways and conferences. And to me, it was one of the most sociable companies I loved working for. Um, and mm. I enjoyed it because of, of the social side, getting to know people. And, that, and there's, there's so much value because then it becomes not a job, not work. I'm going to see, some, I'm, I'm off to see some, some of my mates at work. And that sounds really, really corny, but it's true. You get to know people and you're building some relationships and you're working as a team and you start to grow together. And it's fantastic. I'm finding more and more organizations are, are going down that, trying to go down that route and, and, and trying to create that. And when there's a sense of togetherness and we're in this together as one team, as an organization, and there's like a, an, an entity of, of, a, of a group, you start to get more impact from individuals, but also then impact as, 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 a, as a collective. And you do start to see the, the RI, the profits. You know, when Johnson & Johnson, we were growing year on year the bottom line and the top line and constantly and they were very you know we're an american company they're very into their numbers and and i've worked with other american companies like heinz who were very different and they were very much more corporate less about people let more about the numbers more about the, the governance and you felt it and, and you didn't feel that sense of wanting to make a difference and you were part of this massive machine and I think organizations that are big can some kind of somehow create that sense of, I guess, that small entity in a, whether it's in a, whether it's in a, a team or a, or in a country that people feel they're, they're part of something and can contribute as well. And maybe we can use that as a springboard to talk about both sides of that equation, corporate consciousness and conscious brands and the desire of a new generation of, of workers to really make a different kind of an impact with more global-minded principles. You know, mm. I, I did, I'm glad you brought up these companies because early in your career, as you built through J&J and Heinz, then Kraft Heinz, you know, YoPlay, I think of all these brand names that you see in any grocery store. Are the people that you're coaching, whether they're in those companies, that's not the point, but are they looking for the company and the brands to have more of a global-mindedness, the impact on our world, the impact on our earth, things like that, and sustainability. Yeah, I don't get into massive conversations about that in terms of um, are they looking for companies that are more you know, environmentally friendly? Are they more into diversity? All those things. I guess people I find are starting to, and it goes back to that sense of people are discovering that they have a purpose. They, they've sort of, and I only probably really realized my purpose probably about four years ago, to be honest. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? It takes so long. And I think people are waking up to that, whether it's through books they've read, what they've heard, and, and I sometimes provoke that anyway within people. And I think it's people are trying to then, and this is the individualistic side, is does, does this organization not only does it fit my values and everything else? It goes deeper than that. Does it, uh, and it can't align entirely to your purpose because clearly that's quite unique and you, you've got to have a, a, an element of misalignment along the way because they're all companies. But does it broadly align to my purpose? You know, I've got a purpose to do X, Y, Z. Does it align? And, mm -hmm. and I remember coaching a, a client and um, she was struggling with confidence in the boardroom and, and I, and I said to her, well, 
you know, we asked some questions around that. And that was one of the things you really want to get a sense of presence and everything else. And she was the only female in the boardroom, which was interesting. But she was struggling with confidence. And I did a technique that got her to her purpose and understanding her purpose. Because I said, if you know your purpose, whatever that is, you will find energy, you'll find motivation, and you'll find your confidence because you're standing on your purpose and you're rooted in that whatever you've got ahead of you and and i went through this process she found out her purpose this was in a medical company and ultimately it was all about helping people you know providing head healthcare uh, to the sort of frontline workers that was a sort of overall broadly her purpose and it created a sense of a purpose of why she was there because then it aligned with the company she was working in so suddenly it got a bit of a oh great i'm in the right place even though she felt she was in the right place anyway but it confirmed that but then it, it then helped her propel when she was challenging people in the boardroom she wasn't challenging out of her own uh, desire to be right or wrong she was challenging them because she had a purpose to fulfill the end goal of those healthcare so why she was challenging certain people or presenting things was that and it it created a lot more confidence for her and started to help her overcome things so i think again long-winded answer there in terms of the purpose bit has become really quite important and people are saying does this company align broadly to what my purpose is uh, that that is brilliant and i i have to say i even loved your explanation of why it's so important to even define even a component of your purpose you might not know the full it gets unfolded over time but yeah i love that you shared that we talk a lot about that having a higher purpose you know and when you speak to that what i think of too the younger generation. And I know, you know, the older, our age group and coming, we don't have to worry as much. The earth isn't ending in the next 10 years. But by all accounts, scientists have said by 2040, we have some really big problems. So my daughters have much different issues than I do. So what are you finding in organizations? Do they care about that? I think they do care because they, they've got no choice. Because of social media and the internet, things have become far more transparent. And so I think they are making waves to do that. The problem is, is when it becomes sort of tokenism, when it's not mm-hmm. sustainable. Um, but I think there is some companies out there who are genuinely making some changes and listening to people and building into their plans and how they can sort of be a better in terms of footprint on, on environments through to other sort of factors that may be important as well. So I think that's is becoming part of it. And I think this is where I think organizations need to get a bit more into about purpose individually. I think, you know, I think companies need to get a bit more purposeful and to really look at their, whether you call the vision or mission statements, however it is, and start to reassess these purposes. Clearly saying you've got a purpose to make money is not a purpose. <laughs> it really is not a purpose. And it doesn't really excite people anyway. No, but, and, uh, and I'll, I'll just tell you, know, I want to add this because this is coming through to my mind is the sad part is Wall Street rallies when we deregulate. So we're rallying at the notion that laws that protect us are being unraveled. It, that's yes. really where the, the money is doing that. Yeah, and it's, that's, it's counterintuitive. Yeah, It's incredibly counterintuitive, yeah. Uh, well, Julian, what a fantastic conversation. Uh, I'm also curious about your own vision then and your own search for potential and purpose. Where do you say things coming next for you? My vision is to unlock 
the leadership potential of 100,000 leaders. That's uh, what I'm shooting for, which weirdly got propelled in, uh, in the last sort of 12 months uh, by launching courses online. I think the world went online, and so I create courses. But also, um, I've launched uh, podcasts as well, so I'm doing that myself, um, which is exciting. Um, for me, it's just continuing to pursue that and engage in companies. I love coaching. I love, I know it's an old term of unlocking someone's potential. It really excites me. I mean, it's something I just, you know, I can be really tired. I get on a coaching call for an hour and a half and afterwards I'm just elated and excited. And I love it when somebody's, you know, mindset shifts from a five-year view to let's just do it now and, or comes away and says, I've just got so much confidence in the boardroom. I mean, that's just, it's just a wonderful thing to be, be part of. And um, so continue doing that. I always talk about possibly a, a book. We always say we, everyone's got a book inside them. Um, um, I may have, but at the moment, I'm currently studying for my master's in psychology as well. So I'm trying to do that as well uh, to try and increase my awareness uh, of how the behavioral mind works um, to add a lot more value to what I'm doing. It's exciting. Yeah, so there's, there is, yeah, there's, there's lots going on and other projects happening as well. Generally, talking to people, collaborating people, and I, I love it. And it's great that I've met you guys today as well. Yeah, well, we're, we're so happy to make the connection. Well, thanks again. Julian Roberts is a UK consultant for organizations, for individuals, and this unlocking your human potential. It's exciting stuff. I'm glad you've got that purpose. We need, yeah. we need it in thank the world. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for well, your work. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it, actually. Really Absolutely. It. Thanks for being our number 49 guest. You've made a fantastic punctuation mark at the end of our uh, first season. <laughs> we knew you would, and uh, you came through for us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, both. Yes. And Kirsten, thanks again for a great first season. We've just talked to a range of wonderful people, and we're looking forward to the next 50 so much fun we'll see what happens next right that's right no stopping us now listeners continue to come by we've got more guests lined up we've got our next slate of wonderful leaders and leaders of leaders to share with you so come by again for our next episode of IntelliKey leadership stories and until then here's to your IntelliKey as you continue to search for and reach your own soul's potential both in business and in life been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our websites, www.pureintelliKey.com and www.mark-stenson.com. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories.